Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's the Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. I'm Jack Ward, and you're listening to Mutual Presents, our look into the old-time radio of the original Mutual Broadcasting Network found on the Mutual YouTube channel. This week, we return to Thursday Thriller's The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen with another double feature with Lily in the Chimopa Bar and the White Cargo Act, and Ah Sin. So turn back those clocks as we return to the days of Classic Mutual. Master. Position 123 degrees west, 38 degrees 17 minutes north. Gyro compass course 327. Wind fresh, sky fair. Remarks proceeding from Jinsen, Korea to Tianjin, China with dead man aboard. Reason for death the lily in the Chimulpo bar. It was a fair trip and a fast one through the inland sea, then south through the channel of Tsushima Kaikyo and into the long rolling swells of the East China Sea. The Scarlet Queen was north of the trades now, and she reached around the tip of the Korean Peninsula with the spanking passage wind abeam and swung her bows into the Yellow Sea. The angle of the wind moved abaft, and we trimmed her for the run up the Korean coast. Today we docked in Jensen Harbor. It was an unscheduled stop on the charted voyage of the Scarlet Queen. No Kang contact to meet until we made Shanghai. And that meant no danger from Kang's rival, Constantino. But we did need the port to take care of some minor ship repairs that we didn't have time for in Kobe due to the Constantino trouble that developed around Kang's Boston Geisha and Chesapeake Bay. So Jensen was one port where I thought I could look for some relaxation instead of someone sneaking up behind me. My chief mate Gallagher and the crew turned to on sail repairs, and I wandered up into the dusty city. The street was typically oriental, bustling with movement, most of it concerned with carrying a burden of some kind from one place to another. Horses, carts, trucks, rickshaws, men bent double from heavy loads on their shoulders. I was just passing under a hanging sign that advertised the Chimopo Bar, drinks served with or without ice. When a voluminous voice boomed out of the narrow doorway leading into the dim interior. Yes, you. You think this sparkle in my eyes for anyone else inside? (laughs) 
is a little sudden, isn't it? Indeed it is. A strange new white man doesn't happen to me every day. One so beautiful as you, not even every year. You're pretty charming yourself. Well, well. Come in, won't you? I'd come out after you if I went so broad across the... <laughs> you can see for yourself. I have to ease out of this doorway sideways. And, well, you can see for yourself. Her profile matched against the narrow opening left no need for words. Don't let it scare you, dearie. Come on in. There's opportunity for a man like you in the Chamofo Bar. And so Mutual continues The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen, written by Gil Dowd and Bob Tallman, and starring Elliot Lewis. Scarlet Queen, proudest ship to plow the seas, bound for uncharted adventure. Every week, a complete entry in the log, and every week, a league further in the strange voyage of the Scarlet Queen. Her name was Lily Swain, and she went a long way toward filling the emptiness of the Chimopo Bar. The hair she fluffed up as I followed her in was a red wig. Her broad face held a few traces of earlier, thinner beauty, and they were exaggerated by heavy makeup. She was about shoulder high. Her arms were solid from wrist to elbow with bracelets, and the sags of her throat were held in by an inch and a half of jeweled choker. Caillou! Yes, Missy, you watch it? We have for you guests. You mix drinks chop chop while you're still one piece boy. Yes, Missy. Then how? Sit down and tell Lily all about yourself. A seaman from your clothes. A big one. My, my. Captain Phil Carney, San Francisco. You don't say. Did you bring any American magazines? No, I didn't. Any newspapers, phonograph records? No. All the way out here from the States and you didn't bring anything American? <laughs> of course, 25 years ago, I wouldn't have asked for all these inanimate things. You'd be enough. Mm -hmm. Oh, there now, don't be embarrassed. Hey, you, you go catchy hold Miss Ellis. You tell a big, busy man out here. Oh, oh yes, Missy. Oh, a big, busy man, all right. <laughs> Got you, Missy Alice, all right. What did you say you were doing in Shenzhen? I didn't say. How can you be so mysterious with such a wide-open, friendly face? Unbend, Phil. I won't sit on your lap. Well, I'm not doing anything here. I'm just passing through. From here, I'm going down the coast of China. From there, I'm going across the line into the shallow seas, then... Maybe I'll come back. Is that the way you make your living? Well, I can't. Yeah. You have your own ship? <laughs> Lily, you're a nosy old busybody. Let's hear about you for a while. Huh? <laughs> All right, so you don't want to talk about what you've done or what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. I've met your kind before in this prison and that one. Been married to a few. <laughs> well, then you'd understand. There are opportunities in Korea for a young man like you. If you've got the guts for it. No, well, meaning what? Just for example... I know a certain party that would pay you $1,500 to get in a certain cargo from here to Chensin. Hmm? What is it, guns or narcotics? Would that make any difference to you? It might. Well, it's neither. It's perfectly legitimate. I have a cargo of ginseng roots that'll bring $10,000 gold on the current Chensin market. Huh? You know the Chinese demand for the stuff. They think it's the one herb of all medicine herbs. Cure for everything from blood sickness to the opposite. Whatever that is. Mm -hmm. With inflation, I've seen $300 offered for less than five pounds of it. 
right in this room. A few roots, no bigger than turnips. Well, that sounds pretty good, Lily. Ah, believe me, Phil. If you'd stick with the lily, we'd work a fortune out of the Yellow Sea. Wait a minute now. I'll go get the papers. Well, big PC man is right. Oh, Phil, this is my daughter Alice, Phil Carney. Mm-hmm. Captain Carney's going to take our cargo to Shenzhen. What do you think of that? Looks all right to me. I fill another drink, dearie. I'll go and get the papers ready for him to sign. The same, darling? Yeah. She was easy to say yes to. Rust-colored hair, green eyes under cultivated brows and long lashes, and a way of walking toward the bar that told as much of her background as you needed to know. But the expression she brought back with her told me she wanted to share it all. <sighs> How does it feel to be the most popular man in Jinsen, Phil? Oh, a little unreal somehow, since the Chimopo Bar is the only place I've been. What did the Lily tell you? That she had a cache of ginseng worth 10,000 bucks on the Tianjin market. But she didn't tell you where she got it. I didn't ask her. Oh. That gives me the line I wanted on your character. I like it. I think we could be very close friends. I think that would be very nice. Then we're agreed. But, Phil, you'll have to be careful of her. She lies. What are you giving me? She's told the truth so far, hasn't she? She knew your ship was in the harbor as soon as you did, for one thing. And she introduced me as her daughter, but I'm not... So? Where'd that get her? Mm, nothing like the hearty mother, sexy daughter act to pull a normal guy around. We've done it before, but I'm fed up. Look, Phil, she's a lot more desperate than she admits. Mm -hmm. She stole that ginseng from some native planters inland. They're on a trail. She's got to get it out of here before they find it. You think I shouldn't load it, then? Oh, sure, Phil. But you're crazy if you do it for $1,500. You could have another 1000 without even half trying. She won't trust a native ship. She's desperate, I tell you. Are you? Another drink for Captain Carney and one for me. Yes. Don't even hint at what I said, but hold out for that extra grand and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Run along now, Alice. Time for business again. Here are the papers to sign. Maybe I'll see you later, Captain. Oh, thank you. Lily, my darling, there's already one drink here, and you promise... Stop sniveling. I'll think it over. Bill, this is Ray. Hello, Ray. Raymond Fleming Culbertson, sir. My, uh... He's my partner in this place. 90% of my work is keeping him away now, from... Now, Lily, that is not the truth. I've had not one single... Not one single drink since the 4th of July. And you promised that I could have another one today. He can't drink. He falls down on one, can't get up without another. Falls Prevail down... Prevail upon us, sir. Perhaps I could just have one on the table to look at until after we transact our brief business here. Just to look at... Well, that isn't so good, Ray. Because I don't think we're going to transact any business. I beg your pardon. Uh, then by all means, I do need a drink. You're teasing me, Phil, aren't you? I don't like it, Lily. It should be a simple business deal, but everybody's too anxious to talk me into it. It makes me think I've got you over a barrel. I'm more important than I realize. I might listen for an extra thousand. Did you hear that, my pet? His words hang heavy. I do need that drink. Drop it. It's a hard bargain, Phil, but you're all right. You do have me over a barrel. I'll give you the extra thousand if you'll swear that there'll be no more bargaining or questions. Come on now, be a good boy. You be a good girl with agreement signed by both of us, and there'll be only one more thing. I just want to see the cargo to be sure it's ginseng. Ah, Phil. I'd even be satisfied if you were 25 years older. What a team we'd make. Come on, I'll show you the stuff. Mm -hmm. 
She led me down some earth steps to a dank cellar under the rear of the building. We pulled the top few layers off of what looked like a pile of lumber and uncovered a stack of rough hemp bags about the size of cement sacks. I pulled a few of them out at random and opened them. Yeah, it was ginseng, all right. And it looked like an easy deal for 2500 I shook Lily's hand, we went upstairs and signed the agreements, and I went back to the ship. About three hours after dark, a crew of natives arrived with the cargo and it started coming aboard. An hour later, we were making last-minute preparations for leaving. Gallagher was below digging out some charts, and I was on the deck watching two crewmen make ready to hoist the gangway aboard when I heard the footsteps coming down the pier. Bill! Captain Connie! Leave the gangway, boys. I'm coming ashore. Bill! Oh, Bill, they found her. They came after the lily. Oh, it's so horrible. Is she dead? Yes, Poor Power Yule that killed him, too. How about Ray? I don't know. I heard the lily scream out in front, and when I went out, I found her and Power Yule. Ray wasn't there. The only place I could think of to come was here. What are you going to do? With the hottest cargo in Jen's center board, I'd like to dump it and leave. You don't mean it. They'll kill me, too. What's up, Skipper? Who's the ranch? Trouble. This is Alice. I'm sending her aboard. Break out enough rifles to arm the crew and stand by. i got to go up into town for a little while. Chimopo Bar was as quiet as a tomb when I slipped in through a side entrance. I eased as quietly as I could through the hall and into the main room. There's something about dead fat people that makes them look deader than any other variety. Lily Swain slumped at a table with her red wig cocked over one ear, her bracelet heavy arms hanging stiffly down at her side. How you was spilled across the teakwood bar as if he'd been coming over to save her when a bullet stopped him. I started back towards the living quarters, gingerly giving the rooms a once-over. In the third one, I found him, sprawled on a rumpled canvas cot. He wasn't dead, but the bottle on the floor beside him was. I scooped him up, threw him across my shoulder, and headed back toward the ship. All right, Skipper, you got him aboard. Now what? Please, Phil, you'll still get your $2,500. Ray and I own the ginseng now that the lily's dead. We'll see that you get it. They'll kill us if you leave us here. Why should this change things for you? I guess we've waited long enough. 11.30. Break out the crew, Red. Stand by to cast off. Right. Skipper. I'll check tide and currents. Be up with you in a minute. Phil, I don't know. Go on over How... there and sit down, gorgeous. We're going to work. Hey, all the watches. Turn to. Phil. Sleep when you get home. I just oh, want to tell you... Stand by to cast off. I'm going to make this worth your while. You'll see, Phil. Okay. Really, you Okay, will. like I said, that could be nice, but this is no time hey, for it. I'm supposed to keep this ship from running aground. To do that, i got to concentrate. Now, go on. Get over there and sit down. All right. And wait here till I get back. Fuller, stand by the breath line. Wake him out neat so we won't be on deck all night. Hey, Chief, look. Out there on the water. Keep your light on him. What do you got, Red? What's up? A native out there in the water. Where? You see him? Stop it at. Maybe I shouldn't have nailed him. But he shouldn't have been swimming near the ship either. We better get out of here before his friends show up. Yeah, cast off. I'll get the motor started. Cast off all right. Let's go, man. Get him free. Get him free. We crept away from the pier and went out into the cold blackness of the Jinsen Harbor with only the binnacle light glowing dully near the wheel. It may have been coincidence, but the discovery of the Korean swimming near the Queen made me wonder if a pair of dark eyes and a pair of sharp ears weren't behind the fact that a Korean junk slipped into the stream on our stern. I caught the milky curl of her bow wave shining in the murk behind us. 
and she followed us as we headed out into the Yellow Sea. I uh, hope you don't mind if I make myself at home in your cabin. No, you're quite becoming to the place. A woman's touch does a good once in a while. You sound like we're far enough away from land for you to relax. The closest is about a hundred fathoms, straight down. Uh, just before we left, a native was in the water near the ship. What's the matter? He didn't get aboard. Oh, nothing. Was that what he was trying to do? Was he swimming towards the ship? I don't know. I don't know where he came from, but he didn't get where he was heading. What's the matter? Nothing, Phil. Really, could we have a drink? Look, if you've got anything on your mind, spill it. Then we'll have the drink. There's a junk following us. Maybe the guy in the water was from her and they're still after the ginseng. Is that what you're worried about? Yes, Phil. I'm just still jittery, that's all. Take it easy, then. We can outrun them to ten cents. I know you can, Phil. I told you I'm just kind of shaky from everything. Well, maybe that drink will help. Phil. Hmm? You know the cargo's stolen. You're still carrying it, aren't you? What's that for? Just remember that line I had on your character? I still like it. And I still think we could be close friends. You're becoming that way, too. Put the drinks down, Phil. We can have them later, can't we? It's a tough, close reach from Jinsen to Tiansen. And I spent most of my time at the wheel while we struggled along close hauled, with the wind a little better than four points off our starboard bow on the direct course. It was a hard leg for crew and ship. Letting her off at intervals, then up again on a new tack, we'd covered our estimated distance by mid-afternoon the next day. We were bearing in on the peninsula of Shantung, some 200 miles north-northeast of Tiansen. The wind had shifted closer to our beam. We were easing off onto a more pleasant reach. He's on the beam, man. He's off the main position. Partly now. I swung the wheel to the left, giving her a strong weather helm to meet the new drive of the wind. I felt a break in the tension of the wheel, and then it spun uselessly. Watch it, Skip. Watch the main boom. She's jamming. Shorten sail. Shorten sail. Throw everything, Gallagher. Bring him in. I got no helm. Throw all sails. crumpled on their booms. And the Scarlet Queen was motionless in the middle of the Yellow Sea. What the devil happened, Skipper? The rudder's gone. I didn't have hold of anything at the wheel. What kind of a scow did I sign on? She picked the Yellow Sea to break up. Save it, Red. She didn't break up by herself. Yeah. I didn't shoot that native quick enough, did I? That's what I'm thinking. The Queen's rudder wouldn't have gone without some help from a saw blade or something. Yeah, and I guess taking on a hot cargo didn't help much, huh? To say nothing of that. Brother, you can pack them. Cargoes and days. Right, drop it, Red. Start thinking about that junk that follows us out. That fits, too. Phil, what happened? What is the meaning of this delay? We've paid our passage, haven't we? we haven't Turn paid. the men to rigging a jury rudder of some kind, Red. We'll make it Jensen on the power. Captain Carney, you accept a certain amount of responsibility when you accept the responsibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. To say nothing of trouble. Come on in the cabin. Captain Carney, I demand to know how I came aboard this ship in the first place. Oh, Ray, keep quiet, will it's you? It's only a demand. I have a right to that. I too. should have left you there, but I carried you aboard from the Chamopo Bar. Left me there, indeed. Where do you think you? Ray, 
He's drunk, Phil. Don't listen to him. He's out of his head. But Alice, like my dear. Hey, get out of here. But Alice. Get out on deck and get some air. Alice, my dear, considering get everything. Out. Come Alice. on, get out of here. Phil. Darling. Never mind, I'm busy again. Phil. Things are beginning to add up. What do you mean? You breaking up over that swimmer back in the harbor, and now the rudder goes. That's what he was doing, wasn't he? Wrecking the rudder? And that junk that followed us out, it did follow us, didn't it? Yes, Phil. Why? If it was only to get the gin sent back, you wouldn't know about it. What else is there? All right. Lily wanted to collect insurance on you. Yes? She wanted to load a cargo of any kind of routes. Then your rudder was to be wrecked, and then the junk was to board and sink you. And she would collect. Ray and I talked her out of it. So the real cargo of gin sent came aboard. But it was too late to change the orders about your rudder and sinking you. That's the truth, Phil. Really, it is. Yeah? I guess we'll wait and find out if it is or not. I didn't know how much of a story to take, but with the queen wallowing like a crippled duck in the middle of the yellow sea, I couldn't find anything else to believe. It took 30 seconds underwater to prove part of it. My rudder's stock had been cut and pried partly loose from the stern post. Who'd ever done the job was to be complimented. The hard-weather helm I'd given it had been the final breaking touch, and it was going to take a ship repair yard before the Scarlet Queen would be herself again. The rest of her story turned into fact later that afternoon when the ugly high-stern junk hove into sight in the west and bore down on us from starboard. I sent Alice and Ray into the cabin, broke out the rifles, and stationed the crew along the port side under what cover the main house offered them. Then with Gallagher covering me with a 30-30, I stood up. I waited while she made her turn into the wind, coasted to a stop about 20 feet away. A native with a rifle slung across his shoulder stood at a rail. You need help. Call me line. We come aboard. Shove off, Charlie. He's moving in on the skipper. Yeah. You all need help. We come aboard. Get underway. You're not coming aboard. I got a bead on him, skipper. Let me have him. It's just a question of who opens fire first. We come aboard. All right. All right. Uh, all right. There it comes. All right, Red. Take it. I dropped prone into the cockpit beside Gallagher and stayed there, pecking at every dark head that popped in the sky. Then the opening flurry of shots stopped. Neither of the ships offering any targets. But their plans were working out. Ours weren't. The current was pushing the junk slowly closer to us, and they were saving everything for a frenzied rush to board us when she touched our side. We had to move somewhere to keep them away. I headed toward the motor controls near the wheel. I raised a spurt of shots from them, and a few slugs exploded slivers of wood around my head as I dropped to my belly again and pushed the starter with my hand. They figured out my move. Some dark crewmen jumped to meet us. Two of them dropped under our fire, but the others got the slatted sails trimmed, and the junk moved slowly forward. But even crippled, the Scarlet Queen could beat that maneuver. I slammed the control into full reverse, and we wallowed away in the opposite direction. We would have to come about in a complete circle to make our side again. And Gallagher and the crew were dropping every helmsman that climbed to her high stern to man their tiller. And the water distance between us slowly widened until she was out of range. I sent Gallagher to check on the crew and I went into the cabin. Phil! Oh, Phil! Oh, wait a minute. What's the matter with Ray? He's dead. 
I told him to stay far. Yeah, never mind. I'll finish the story. So he got to his feet, went to the porthole, and stayed there until a stray shot nailed him. Yeah, I told yeah, him. Yeah, now I'll tell you the truth. Phil, what do you mean? What do you want to tell me? I don't know what you mean. Quit trying to be clever because you aren't. You're just rotten. Show me a bullet hole in the screen and that port he's lying under. We could do that with a pencil, couldn't we? Yeah, move him over under the other one. A slug came through there. You're awfully slow, gorgeous. Phil, it would look all right on the record, wouldn't it? We were attacked by pirates and he was just killed, that's all. And Lily, too. What do we tell him about her? Phil, you don't think that... That you I... got Ray drunk and killed Lily and pow you? No. Doesn't sound like you. Not for a lousy $10,000 worth of ginseng. Phil, what's the difference? They were two wasted people. They were no good to anyone. Phil, if you'd help me, look what we'd have. We can share the money from the ginseng. $10,000, Phil. And our close friendship, darling. It could be good. Couldn't it, Phil? We're the same kind of people, darling. I'll think it over, gorgeous. Go on over there and sit down. I'm too upset to kiss you now. In an hour, the Korean stranger had disappeared over the horizon. And with a few spars, a weighted hatch cover over the stern, and the backs of two crewmen leaning on makeshift tackle, I had a shaky control of the Scarlet Queen again, and we headed in on our course to Tientsin. We eased into an easy sailing position with the wind on our quarter, and I cut the motor. Stand by to make sail! We couldn't stand the pull of the mainsail with our jury rudder, so the men jumped to the mizzen halyard. Showing a few bullet scars swung over my head as the sail caught the breeze and stretched full. The man on the port side jury tackle heaved in to meet the swing. The jib ran up, balancing the push of the wind on bow and stern. Scarlet Queen heeled over slightly to starboard, impatiently wallowed forward. But at least she was underway. Well, I guess we'll make it, Skipper. But you wouldn't call it ideal. Skipper, the crew wanted me to ask you what we were going to do with that stiff. Shall we toss him to the shock? Not on your life. We're saving him to bargain with. The dame? Yeah. With him gone, her story'd be good to anyone. But, Skipper, with both of them overboard and the cargo still here... Yeah, then we'd tell the story and we'd sell the ginseng. Yeah. It's quite a problem, Skipper, and uh, a whale of a lot of money. Uh-huh. How do you figure I'm deciding? Well, to turn her in for murder and take the cargo, or let her go and take half. Hmm. Got a coin, Red? Yeah. Here. Tails, we turn her in and take the cargo. Heads, we let her go and take half. Okay? Toss it. Heads. Make it two out of three, don't you think, Red? Yeah, yeah. I say flip it all the way from here to Tientsin. Just so it's fair to everybody and comes out all right. You're a clear thinker, Red. But the suspense has got me. Drink, Skipper? After you, mate. After you.
Log entry, catch Scarlet Queen. 5.30 p.m. Miles traveled, 6,873. Wind brisk, sky fair. Sea smooth with gentle roll. Ship secure for night. Signed, Philip Carney, master. of the Scarlet Queen stars Elliot Lewis as Phil Carney with Ed Max as Gallagher. D.J. Thompson was heard as the Lily. Charles Steele played Ray. Jack Crucian was Pao Yu. And Alice was played by Mary Lansing. Music scored and directed by Richard Aron. The Scarlet Queen, a command radio production directed by James Burton, is written by Gil Dowd and Bob Tolman. Charles Arlington speaking.
stocky, bullet-headed Chinese colonel, dripping with gold braid, pounded up the gangway and came aboard. You must have this ship? Yeah, but I don't deserve the honor guard. What's it for? You will speak only in answer to my question. You, your first officer, and your crew are under military arrest. And so Mutual continues The Voyage of the Scarlet Queen, written by Gil Dowd and Bob Tolman, and starring Elliot Lewis. The Scarlet Queen, proudest ship to plow the seas, bound for uncharted adventure. Every week, a complete entry in the log. And every week, a league further in the strange voyage of the Scarlet Queen. In two minutes flat, Chinese sentries were stationed at the wheel, the hawsers, and pacing the dock with rifles and fixed bayonets. Two of them prodded Gallagher and me into the cabin. And the colonel, slapping the palm of his hand with a riding crop for emphasis, went to work on it. Your registry. Scarlet Queen, San Francisco, California, USA. Your destination. Look, Colonel, what is all this? Your destination. No set destination. It's an island trading voyage. Your cargo. General trading cargo. Your cargo. Ginseng routes, number two hold. I will see Bill of Lading. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. This paper, no good. Five by that woman. You know the answers to all these questions. Why don't you come to the point? You carry passenger? Yeah, one. Two. You leave just them with two. When they're dead, they aren't passengers. They're cargo. I will see a dead one. Where is it? Gallagher? Huh? Go get him. Bring him here. Hey, wait a minute. I'm no morgue attendant. Let him carry his own stiff. Go get him, Red. Okay, Skipper. That's your order, huh? Yeah, you fathead. That's my order. Get out of here. Shove off. Where is woman passenger? Uh, in the cabin across the companion. You will come. Mm-hmm. She's in there. No! Leave me alone! What, mother? She's sick? Fever? Yeah, smallpox. You still want to go in? You're too long. enough, but the rest wasn't. Her clothes were torn, her face was scratched. She was cowering in a corner, and the look of horror on her face was directed toward me. She dragged herself across the cabin floor like a second road company of white cargo, and clutched imploringly at the colonel's free hand. Her act was so bad that it was funny, but the colonel had never seen white cargo. Please, you're a good and kind man. You're not letting him hurt me anymore. He killed my husband. He stole everything we had in the world, our ginseng. Now he tortures me to sign a ransom note. Very sad American woman. Oh, yeah. Very sad American woman. Saddest I ever saw. You will not talk. Said that's a pick. Okay, you've got the guns, but she's making a fool out of you. Are you a coolie? Does the woman rule your house? It's silent. <laughs> Poor sad American lady. Do not kneel before humble Chinese. You are strong enough to stand on feet, poor sad American lady. Yes. Yes, you've given me courage. I lean on your splendid strength, my colonel. I will gladly save life of poor sad American lady molested in my city by her unworthy countrymen. 
four forced to turn to a Chinese officer for chivalrous aid. For as many years as I have before me, I will thank you 10,000 times each minute. I am unworthy. One thank will be sufficient in this manner. You come to my headquarters. There, summoning scribe of English language newspaper China, tell Hall's hot story of chivalrous aid. It is as nothing. You will gain the military promotion you so richly deserve. I have powerful friends in Nanking. You have powerful cargo here, Tianjin. $10,000 for a third American lady. Your greed is as great as your chivalry. It's matched only by your thanks. The forest, sad lady. <laughs> I love too, Captain Carney. Yeah, how about laughing some of these guns off my ship? Oh, no. I not laugh loud enough for that. I laugh because gold and thanks, a poor, sad American lady will buy many bowls of rice for empty bellies in my village. I laugh because it costs so little. Only two lives. Yours, Captain Carney. Your first officer. Mm. You make good sense up to a point, Colonel, but you're taking a pretty long chance executing a couple of American nationals. We are only honoring requests from your own people in Korea to hold you for extradition because of dead woman in Jinsen. You will be shot while trying to escape. Bodyguards hustled my seamen and me across the gangway and into a Lend-Lease ambulance fitted out with bars. The storm broke over Tianjin. I took a long, last look at the queen as we pulled out. A sudden squall swept down the river and across her bow. She shivered a little. Tugged at her moorings. No one has ever really been in jail until they've made the Chinese variety. Alcatraz is a Sunday school summer camp in comparison to Tientsin's. The place is sewerless, and the wind moving heavily in from the dumping ground near the river never lets you forget it. I hope my crew was faring better than I was. I was shoved into a cell that had been died in more than once, and left to examine what I could see of my future, which wasn't much. I was pinning all my hopes on one possibility that Gallagher had caught my cue to shove off and had gone over the side into the river when he left the cabin. I finally gave up worrying about it and stretched out on a stinking, rat-chewed reed mat in the corner of my cell. He fell asleep. When I woke up, I didn't know whether it was day or night, and I didn't care. Day or night, the place would smell the same. Then I heard the door at the end of the long corridor close. Something that sounded like a woman's footsteps. As they drew nearer, I heard the rustle of heavy silk. A strong odor of jasmine crept into my cell. As the key turned in the lock, I braced myself for Alice, probably playing the part of the dragon lady. The door swung open. The first thing that came in was a blast of perfume that lifted me to my feet. Then a small, flickering lantern held aloft by a delicately dimpled hand. The brocade-wrapped mountain of flesh behind it had a face with small, childlike features that were almost lost in the billowing fat that surrounded them. He looked Chinese, but he sounded like Charles Lawton. Well, now that I've seen you, I don't wonder that she's half out of her mind. Who are you, Stinky? Yes, how true. I always put on an extra dash of scent when my business brings me into this foul, penal institution, which is rather oftener than I would care to admit. Hmm? What are you, the little bail bond broker or something? Among other things, yes. In this instance, as you see, I am carrying a lantern. 
Like Diogenes, I'm looking for an honest man. And you know why? Tell me anyway. Because, quite frankly, sir, I myself am a most untrustworthy person. I advise you to remember that in our future dealings. We do have dealings, is that right? We do indeed, sir, but I suggest we discuss them in more pleasant surroundings. By the way, did I tell you my name? Ah, Sin. I believe it has quite another meaning in English. Shall we go, sir? I followed him up the long corridor, reeling in the backwash of jasmine that swirled out in his wake. The door of the cell block swung open, and he trotted out through the jailer's office, nodding benevolently at the guard, who bowed from the waist and accepted the lantern from the dimpled hand. We jogged on out to the street without blackening pace. A mob of beggars raised a clamor as our sin appeared. He pulled from his robe a huge silk purse hanging at his waist and reached into it. Still on the run, he flooded his hands in and out of the purse, and a continuous shower of small brass coins fell into the street on either side of us. The crowd parted like the Red Sea. And I saw the finishing touch. A Rolls-Royce town car waited at the curb. After you, sir. Yeah, thanks. Uh, what am I supposed to do now? Ask you where we're going? Well, my dear fellow, you are at liberty to go any place you like. Well, then I'd like to get back to my ship. Very well. If you can find it. What do you mean? What happened to it? I've had it moved. Hey, wait a minute. Who told you you could move my ship? Now, please, sir, don't excite yourself. Your ship is quite safe. Yeah, I'll believe that when I'm on her deck and out of here. You will be, one way or another. Now you said something over that colonel's dead body. And maybe yours, too. Well, we must all die sometime. But how appropriate that you should mention the colonel. He met with an unfortunate accident an hour ago. He fell down and cut his throat. Outside Tianjin, the limousine turned away from the river and climbed into the hills. We rolled through the gates of a high-walled estate and stopped in front of a pink stucco western-style mansion. Inside, we dog-trotted through a series of huge rooms and into a small chromium-fitted bar overlooking Asin's Terrace Chinese Gardens and the city and the writhing Hunho far below. I didn't waste any time on the view. Alice was sitting on one end of a couch, and sprawled out on the rest of it was a sandy-haired white man. He was cleaning a frontier model colt. Well, I see you didn't have no trouble rounding him up, Arsene. Phil, Phil, darling. Thank heaven you're all right. Well, if it isn't the poor, sad American lady. Where'd you find her, Arsene? I would say she's quite easy to find, wouldn't you? And this gentleman is my confidential secretary, Mr. Mangan. Howdy, Kevin. Yeah, all right. We're all here. Let's have it, huh, Arsene? Oh, yes, indeed. Alice, would you make your friend comfortable? Touch him a Ricky splash? Never mind the splash. Bring the bottle. Well, sir, as you say, here it is. I am a merchant. Mm -hmm. I deal in a little bit of everything. Jack of all trades, you might say. Plantations in the islands. Curling. Trade in general. I find it worthwhile to keep tabs on my competitors. Mm -hmm. While doing so yesterday, I intercepted a cable addressed to Mr. Kang of Shanghai. And signed by your chief officer, Mr. Gallagher. Mm -hmm. You're quite an operator. (laughs) Thank you. To continue. Please do. I happen to know that Mr. Kang is a very penurious man. Since Mr. Gallagher demanded not requested assistance from him, I assume that you are in a position to put him in the way of a rather handsome profit. Uh-huh. 
I thereby took immediate steps to obtain your release from prison. I did not know then the true nature of your enterprise. I don't get that. You will. Because, you see, quite by coincidence, this lovely young lady approached my confidential secretary, and so impressed was he by what she had to tell him that he brought her directly to me. Uh She advises us that the voyage of your Scarlet Queen is being financed by Kang and company to recover a treasure of very considerable value. Really? What was the figure, Mankin? Ten million bucks. And you can take off that poker face, Corny. We ain't trying to horn in on you. Our sin's got a real business proposition. You just listen, Annie. <laughs> Very concisely put, Mr. Mangan. To continue. Yes. I'm also aware that a new syndicate, headed by a Portuguese gentleman, Mr. Constantino, is interested. I have contacted both Mr. Kang and Mr. Constantino and have received their replies. To wit, Mr. Kang offers $5,000 ransom for you and will reimburse me for the expenses involved of getting rid of that troublesome colonel. Mm-hmm. Mr. Constantino, on the other hand, has offered me $10,000 cash to release you into the custody of one of his <laughs> agents. So, here you find me on the horns of a dilemma. 10000 against 5000 What are you waiting for? Well, sir, there is still another possibility. Huh? If you and I were to go in together on a full partnership basis, I remind you, forgetting both Mr. Kang and Mr. Constantino... Well, Mr. Carney... I'll make it easy for you, Arthur. The answer's no. Why? Because there's something wrong with your story. Alice here never knew anything about the voyage of the Scarlet Queen until one of you told her. Well, what about it, Mangan? He's bluffing. Yes, of course. Uh, is that right, Mr. Carney? I'm not bluffing. Alice? He's not being truthful. He made violent love to me on his ship. He told me everything. He did, eh? Well, Mr. Carney, majority rules. Don't rush him off, then. He'll come around. Let him sleep on. Whatever you say, Mr. Mangan. The servant will show you to your room, Mr. Carney. I followed the silent poker-faced boy out of the room and up to the second floor. He unlocked the door of the room and padded back down the hall without opening it, as if he was scared of something inside. I opened the door. Saw what it was. The room looked like a typhoon had hit it. Every stick of furniture was broken, and the floor was strewn with fragments of crockery. In the middle of the mess with a bedpost clutched in his hand like a club stood my chief mate, Red Gallagher. Oh. Oh, it's you, Skipper. I was expecting that hunk of perfume blubber that had me locked in here. How'd you find me? I didn't find you, Red. I was brought here myself. Did they tell you I was here? No. Well, they told me you were. That's why I came. Oh, I'm here now. Oh, that out. What? Yeah, I'm a lot of help. Now we're both locked. Go on. Break up some furniture, Skipper. It'll make you feel better. I was saving a couple of tables, but go ahead. You can have them. I didn't get to the furniture breaking stage for a couple of hours. Then Gallagher took one of the tables and I took the other. Then we pulled the mattress out from under the pile of lumber in the middle of the room and stretched out on it. It was better than the Tiansin jail. A lot better. I went right to sleep. up this time, I knew it was after dark. I could see stars through the window grill. But except for that, I might have been back on the reed map in my jail cell. The footsteps were the same. As they came closer, the rustle of silk, the smell of perfume. This time I was ready for our sin. Behind the door was Gallagher's club. No, don't! Okay, okay, calm down. I thought you were somebody else. 
Listen, you mean you aren't angry with me? No, I mean I can't knock your brains out because you haven't got it. Listen, my darling, I know a way out of here. Yeah, and so what this time? Please, you must believe me. I had to act the way I did. Don't you see how it's worked out? Yeah, you're a great little politician, gorgeous. You stand on your record. You really do. Look, I came here to sell the gym things so I could get you out of jail. But Mangan had this plan. He works for Constantino on the side, but Austin doesn't know it. What? He said if I'd tell that story about the treasure to Austin, he'd promise he'd get you out of jail. I don't know why it worked, but it did. It doesn't make any sense, does it? It's the first thing I've heard you say that does make sense. <sighs> Darling, we haven't got much time. I found out where the Scarlet Queen is and the repairs are all done. Oh? Austin smoked three pipes after dinner, so we won't have to worry about him. Mangan is out and won't be back until after midnight. And I've bribed the chauffeur to drive us into town. The car's waiting now. Where's Red? He's asleep. I'll wake him. I'm yes. awake. Skipper, I've been listening to that yawn, too. You believe it? No, do you? No, but it's a way out. Think we should take... No. Well, let's go. Thank you. 
The gun dropped from his hand and he staggered back into the cabin. Fun slowly around. He pitched forward on his face. As he went down, I saw what had happened. Like the colonel, he had met with an accident. He had fallen down and cut his throat. Secretary, Mr. Mack. Oh, poor Chad. Yeah. Don't go all to pieces now. Oh, I shall miss him. I really shall. He was so covered. Ah, Sin, you're an old scoundrel. What are you doing here? Yes. But first, a word of caution. I have not come alone. Oh, yeah. I sense that from the way people have been dropping dead around here. But Mangan bled such a lot. So untidy. And in your cabin, too. Uh, the debris. Take it. Out, out. Okay, Stinky. It's your play again. The game is over. I'm merely picking up my tricks. Now, what's the score? Uh, I've had my losses, but, you know, I like you, Captain Connie, and you too, Mr. Gallagher, even though you did break up all the furniture in my guest bedroom. I wish Chippendale very hard to replace. Ah, oh, forget it. I just lost my temper. But, you see, I have had my losses, and were I to emerge from these various dealings without a profit, I, I should lose faith because I am a very successful merchant. If you could see your way clear... Even a thousand dollars? Look, we're working men. We don't have a thousand dollars to spend on your face. Well, then, any little token, some trading goods, perhaps. I need everything I have. If you'd found it before that colonel did, we might have made a deal. Ah, indeed. Uh, what, what do you mean? Well, he confiscated the cargo, Jen Sang. And if you had it, you would be willing to hand it over to me as payment for your safe passage? Brother, you could have it in wealth. And those would have been your sentiments, too, Captain Carney? Exactly. Ah. Well, then, it's settled. you would understand since your ship has been here in my repair yard. I understand less every minute. Well, I had the ginseng put into my warehouse this afternoon, and since you've agreed that if you had it, you would gladly pay it for your clearance, I consider the matter closed. I've made my profit, my face is saved, and you may leave with my blessings as soon as I obtain the release of your crew from that wretched prison. But I will drench myself with jasmine. Never fear. Can you miss? Drink, Skipper. A little early, but 
listening to Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network, we invite you to continue the amazing audio tomorrow on Mutual with the Monday Matinee. Our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio dramas. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed every day for the world's largest curated collection of audio drama or find the Monday Matinee feed in your favorite podcast players. See you tomorrow at the Matinee and thanks so much for listening. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.